Well, good afternoon and welcome to our second podcast here at Klein Investigations and Consulting out of Nederland, Texas. We like to call ourselves KIC Texas and we're pretty well known throughout the United States and around the United uh, Kingdom and all the way over to uh, Malaysia, which we're going to talk about today. We have a case that we're bringing up out of our archives where it has been... uh, it has been sitting and we've been working it from time to time and it is now fired back up. And we want to share this case, case with you because this is a uh, an excellent uh, opportunity for you, the public, to understand how parental kidnappings happen and how bad they can get. And on a one to 10 scale, this case we're going to talk to you about today, which is called the Eaton Blassen Game case. Uh, is one of the uh, most egregious cases that we've ever had come through uh, our offices here at Client Investigations and Consulting. So um, in here today at this at this podcast, Caroline Gear, who's our case manager, she is here. And uh, Caroline, let's see if we can muddle through this case. Uh, uh, first of all, why don't you tell the public a little bit about Eaton Blassingame, Michael Blassingame, and our client, uh, Diana Blassingame. So this was actually the first case that I ever had the privilege of getting into, which is really what got me started in wanting to even do missing children. And um, this was the very first one that I was able to take under and start researching um, and doing what we do. So um, anyways, but Eaton Blasting Game was born on October 22nd of 2006. Um, he was uh, 18 months when his father kidnapped him and took him over the U.S. border. Now, let's remind the public here on this. Uh, game uh, and his name is Michael game He's wanted by the FBI. He's wanted by the U.S. Marshals. There's a red notice on him, a yellow notice on him. Uh, he is uh, on the terrorist watch list, and we'll go through some of this. Uh, again, like I said before, this is out of uh, a one to ten. Wouldn't you say this is one of the most egregious cases? I would. It's uh, it's one of the cases where you have a lot of um, issues with extradition laws, a lot of countries that come into play here, um, other than just the town that they were from, which was Lafayette, Louisiana, um, and Dallas, Texas, where they were living um, in the Dallas area. Now we got this case when. It, we got this case in 2009, so it would have been, I believe, May of 2000, May 7th, 2009 is when we were hired. And it's kind of a consortium case, you call these. Uh, uh, we have, let's see, how many agencies? we got the Department of State, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the U.S. Marshal Service, which i got to take a little break here from the story and say the U.S. Marshal Service out of all the federal, state, local law enforcement agencies we've worked with, wouldn't you say they're the best? I mean, they just... Yeah, they've been real good. I mean, my God. I mean, you, these guys are so dedicated. And these guys... U.S. Marshal Service folks are the people that, that jump into these cases. They're the guys who go through the front door first. And uh, when we have a when we have a discovery or we have a, a capture, as we call it, uh, these guys are the ones that usually jump in first and they come right through the front door. And we love uh, we love working with them because of their resources, because this is what they do. What they do is they find uh, people 
and uh, that's what we do. And so I, I think that's kind of why we all get along so good, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Anyway. We also have the Plano uh, Police Department. Mm-hmm. And then we also have... Um, Lafayette uh, Parish Sheriff's Department and the Lafayette City Police Department. So there's a lot of agencies involved in this case. But anyway, so we got the case in January of 2009. Take us from there. No, May of 2009. I'm sorry, May of 2009. Um, he went missing in February of 2008 and, uh, again, was kidnapped by Michael Blassingame, who was his uh, father. Um, the, he and Diana had shared custody at that point in time. Um, I believe their custody agreement was month to month with visitation. Um, Eaton would live with one parent for one month and the other one would visit and then vice versa the next month. So, so this is one of those progressive cases that a, a judge that uh, oversaw the divorce said, okay, look, you guys are getting along. Everybody's well. Um, here's what we want to do. We want to give the child one month to the mom, one month for the dad, no child support. When dad had the child, uh, mom could come uh, first, third, and fifth, take the kid for the weekend. Dad could come for first, third, and fifth uh, weekends. And, and, and mom lived in Plano. Dad lived in, down in Lafayette with his mother and father. And, and this is a great story. This tells you how fast things can go uh, bad. And, and so how it went was, and, and I'm just going to give the brief on the story, is that Michael came and picked the child up from Plano. Michael had had psychological problems uh, that had been noted by the mother, but she was trying to get along. She was trying to understand what Michael was going through. He had a thing for her. Uh, she was, he was kind of under the auspice of, uh, if I can't have you, nobody will. Um, so she, uh, he came and picked the child up. He did leave and arrive back down in uh, Lafayette and was staying at his mother and father's house. Uh, now, this is where everything goes south. Um, Diana made the decision that she was going to, and the Diana's the mother, made the decision that she was going to, um, uh, she was going to have to put some type of a court order in place and they had been discussing it back and forth. And, and, and so what he did was he got the child, stole his father's truck, drove down to Mexico, sold the truck in Mexico city, purchased two airplane tickets. And, and folks, this is after nine 11. So you can just imagine the nightmare that's going on with these countries because these countries allowed him uh, he used the child to go through these ports of entry. So let's go through the ports of entry. He went into Mexico City, sold the truck, got cash. That cash, he bought a ticket, airplane ticket for him and his son, went to, uh, was, I believe it was Wiesbaden, Germany. Uh, it was in Germany, landed in an international airport in Germany. Now, Germany is a tough place to go into, folks. I mean, I've been through there before a long time ago. And it was really tough. It's gotten a lot tougher since 9-11. So they go through, they go through the port of entry, and then immediately go over to another airline and with cash, to buy an airplane ticket down to Madagascar. Now, everybody was wondering, why is he going into Madagascar? Nobody could ever understand why he was going into Madagascar. 
he went into Madagascar because him and his wife, Diana at the time, had gone down to Madagascar and spent some time in the country. And he had some type of, how would you classify it? Uh, uh, a, some type of a, he just, a longing. Well, why he was in Madagascar, when you say it was a longing to be there, felt like that was his place needed to be. Yeah. That's how he's described it to his family, that that's where he needed to be. And it was the one place that he threatened Diana to take and kidnap Eaton to. Right. And that was the first time she heard of that. So long story short, he gets down there um, a year before he disappears, going back down to Madagascar, and he hooks up with a couple of terrorist organizations. Uh, to hear uh, Diana tell the story, he disappeared for some time. Uh, his, his thoughts and his mind became radicalized uh, regarding 9-11, the hunt for Osama bin Laden, uh, etc., so um, anyway, so we know that he got to Germany. Uh, we've got video of him in Germany. We know that he got on a plane and went down to Madagascar. We've got him on video arriving in Madagascar. Um, we don't know what he did for a period of about two to three months. Uh, he disappeared in Madagascar. Uh, then he arrived uh, in uh, Bangkok. Uh, and then when he arrived in Bangkok, then he um, disappeared again for a while. Uh, and then he ended up at the border in Malaysia near Kuala Lumpur. Uh, once he ended up in Kuala Lumpur, uh, he uh, got to the border, right? And he had a bunch of flash cash. Where he got the cash, nobody knows. But he uh, had a bunch of cash and he was on video. And this is the crazy part about it. He was on video paying a border guard off uh, and the estimations uh, in uh, money uh, is probably about two grand. And we've got, uh, we had good pictures of him and we had good pictures of the child uh, going in. Caroline, take it from there. Now we know that there are some family members that were helping him um, flee. We have credit card transactions um, in Bangkok and other various areas where he um, would receive money, uh, wire money from his mother, Renee, um, and his father, Monty. So his parents are Renee and Monty Blassingame. And um, and they live down in Lafayette. They, are, they live in Lafayette still, um, as well as siblings, Lisa and Dawn. Um, they, now, one of them is a lawyer. Yes. One of them is a lawyer, and um, she's the it's one that, that was what the least cooperative. She say? was she was so uncooperative with the U.S. Marshals, our team, uh, pretty much everybody. She just was totally uncooperative, and uh, she attempted, uh, with the help of another lawyer, um, in a civil suit that was filed against the family. Uh, they, uh, which was settled, by the way, the family settled it for a rather large sum of money. That, that has helped uh, uh, Mrs. Blassingame, the mother of the child, Diana. Um, but they, they settled very quickly. Uh, but there was a big uh, uproar in the federal courts uh, as uh, the, uh, the uh, Michael's sister tried to stir the pot, let's just say a little bit, and, uh, and came up with some wild stories on process serving and um, uh, stalking and... Uh, which it was not us that had her under surveillance and ended up being the U.S. Marshals. But anyway, the long story short of it is the family is very, very uncooperative. They've been caught on camera 
making phone calls from a payphone that has now been removed over to Walmart store and getting uh, credit cards uh, and uh, sending them uh, overseas um, to um, over to uh, Kuala Lumpur uh, to a what they call over there a false box, which is a box that uh, it's kind of like over here in the United States. You can go to one of these places and and uh, get a box uh, like a PO box and get your mail delivered to it. So uh, that's has since been closed as well. Anyway, so we know that his family is. Um supplying money in some shape, fashion, or form. He also has an uncle that lives in Kuala Lumpur, which is why we believe he ended up there in the first place, because he had family there. Um, the status of his uncle is unknown at this time, um, but you can assure that we're- He's disappeared, as, as they say. Yeah, we, we've been over there, and there's an island just off of Kuala Lumpur. It's part of Kuala Lumpur, and there's a small island over there. Um, his, his, uh, uncle is a hairdresser, uh, is very active in the gay and, uh, lesbian community, uh, over in Kuala Lumpur, as well as he's a transvestite. So we know that's the uncle we do know, and we'll get into the psychological profile of, uh, of, uh, young, uh, blast and gay Michael. Uh, he, uh, has been a very confused young man ever since high school. We interviewed uh, a lot of his high school uh, friends uh, that state to us that he um, he always had a very very strange mental capacity. Uh, the uh, basically he was confused on life. Uh, he did do some crossover uh, as far as being bisexual, um, and that uh, he always pretended like he was a, a member of a gang. Uh, he always said he was a, a member of a gang. Um, if you'll go to um, uh, and just Google uh, Michael Blassen game, Eaton Blassen game, Eaton is spelled E-I-T-A-N, uh, you will see the uh, distinguishing um, uh, tattoos on his upper arms uh, and on his lower arms, which sets him aside uh, from uh, many of the fugitives out there. Uh, this kind of the scary thing is, is that he really believes in his mind that he was some kind of a gangbanger. Uh, now, according to the U.S. Department of State, they are very, very, very concerned about Michael Blassingame. They have him traced into Madagascar uh, on numerous occasions. Uh, they believe that he, um, he became a part, a warrior, uh, in uh, the uh, terrorist fight. Um, we believe that there was a possibility that he did leave uh, Malaysia and went back down to Madagascar and uh, fought, the good, fought what he thought was the good fight down there. Uh, he probably does have some experience now in the terrorist organizations. Uh, and uh, young Eaton, we believe, uh, was probably left uh, in Kuala Lumpur with the uncle who... Uh, is part of an underground network out there that uh, has hid the child. Now, that brings us to current date. So, um, we have a website that is set up. It's called eatonblastinggame.com. Um, it is still current and we'll be getting a facelift this uh, in the upcoming week. Right. We're, we're, we're doing some new technology. Uh, here at KIC Texas on missing person cases, where we're updating all of our uh, uh, servers. Uh, we're in the process of finishing the server update. 
Uh, we'll be operating out of one server now, and rather than have you know five or six different servers, we'll be we'll be able to get to you, the public, uh, these cases that uh, again, Carolina. I mean, we talk about it all the time uh, here in the office and on our Monday morning meetings, which is is that we a lot of these cases get solved by uh, the public. The public sees something, says something, is scared to talk to law enforcement, so they call us and. You know, when you say it, it, it moves these cases faster. Yeah, I mean, the tips that come in, whether you think it's a big piece of information or a small piece of information, fits into a puzzle. And that's what we sort through and we figure out. But um, at this point, Eaton Glassing Game will, uh, is 14 years old. He will be 15 um, in October. And at this point, in that age, I think social media is becoming a thing for young kids. Absolutely. Um, and so we hope our hope is that he sees all the tags and all the tips and all the um, pictures of himself and um, is now able we, to and, and, that, and let me stop there, Caroline, because I think this is a good point. We have, uh, Caroline, I'm going to brag on you a little bit, uh, just solved a big case over in Houston, Texas. Uh, this subject was on the top 25 list of the, uh, of the uh, FBI. Uh, Caroline was working with the Southern District of of uh, Houston, uh, actually Southern District of Texas Task Force on Missing Children, and we found out that the the mother and the child were living right underneath our noses, right over here in Houston, uh, where we had tracked them two or three times out to what California, Mexico, uh, Arizona. We were always what two days behind them. I mean, it was it was one of those crazy cases where. You'd, you'd contact or you go to a motel and say, did you see these people? Oh, yeah, they were here two days ago. Here's their name. And of course, it's a false name. But we were always right behind them. Uh, and so it was frustrating for us. But bragging on Caroline a little bit, you know, the way we got this thing solved is, is because uh, it was an EMT, wasn't it, that, that, that worked on the, uh, the woman and one of the detectives that saw it and said, mm, something's not right here, put her in APHIS. And, and sure enough, there we go. We got our fugitive. And then they called Caroline and came in for the, uh, you know, for the, for the arrest and everything else. But this is what we need from the public. Agreed. This yes. is, uh, we need the public's help in the blasting game case. But uh, look, we know he's, he's still in contact with family. Well, absolutely. We, we, we know that we can confirm that we have proof of that. Um, so we are just to the point where, especially in the Lafayette area and people of the blessing came family friends that, um, may still go around or may not, they look, um, a little bit secluded as far as any social media goes and things of that nature, but we still have been able to find, um, family members and we're able to watch them and track them. And, um, so we see what they're doing exactly so. and we've been unsuccessful in being able to tra trace michael but that's not unusual uh, according to uh, many in the department of state our u.s department of state uh missing children's division where the the parent in this case is part of a terrorist organization and they don't necessarily have a lot of social media because uh everybody will swoop in on top of them uh especially now that facebook is cooperating uh, with uh, terrorist, you know, uh, law enforcement going after terrorism, that sort of thing. But we, what we're doing is we're trying to focus on the child now. 
a different strategy. Uh, and this is something for you. And we know our fellow investigators listen to us. Well, you in the investigation world, you know, when you, you learn very quickly when something's not working, uh, don't put any more time into it if it's not working. Uh, it's a definition of insanity because all you do is get the same result. So what we've done and what we're doing here, and Caroline's come up with this, is that we're going to focus on the 15-year-old. Uh, we know that Eaton um, uh, is most likely, let's just put it that way, uh, on social media. We know that the name he has been given is a false name. He believes that's his name. Um, so we are using NetMEC and we are using every resource we can over at the U.S. Marshal's office and also here at KIC Texas to get his face out on the street, the possible pictures, and to use his father's tattoos as a, as a steering point. If we can get somebody over there uh, to see and report that, because uh, there's a lot of uh, Americans I've discovered that are over in Kuala Lumpur. There are. Americans in the oil and gas industry that are over there. And Absolutely. Um, some of those big corporations. So um, I know I had a friend over there for quite a bit that would feed me information. Um, and we had, and we've had plants over there uh, inside of a, a hotel we were looking at. And why don't we discuss that hotel? Cause I think that's important for the folks overseas that listen to this. Um, tell them a little bit about the hotel, the, the, the Marriott and, um, uh, and how we, and how we know that uh, we were looking. So there was camera footage showing that Michael Blassingame, which at the time we thought he was working there, maybe in the capacity of the golf course um, or something that was outdoors. So we set up a, uh, what I, I call just a hit of that area where we come up with um, a flyer with all of the information for both of them, the markers, kind of like your neck neck flyer, but it's our own version of things that we want to pinpoint someone to look at. And we were able to hit a lot of hotels over there that um, had golf courses that uh, were in the vicinity of hits that we were receiving uh, via the website um, and different other aspects that we were able to gather as far as information. Um, when we did that, we got a lot of feedback. We had some schools reach out that said they believed maybe Eden had gone to school there or was in a daycare there. Um, and it, we always kind of seemed one or two days behind or even a week behind um, some of these tips. And he and, and Michael or whoever was taking care of the child at the time uh, did it the right way. And, and basically, if you're going to scratch your name, you're going to run. He was doing everything the right way. What he was doing is, is he, the child would go to a daycare for, what, six weeks, maybe at the most, at the high side. Uh, and then he would move the child to another daycare, uh, never uh, in an English daycare. Uh, and then Michael was trying to uh, make money while he was over there, and he was doing interpreting work uh, for um, some Americans, and that's how we, we knew where he was. Uh, we just couldn't pinpoint where he was with the child. And second, what he was doing is he was teaching English to uh, Malaysian uh, students. Which is uh, a very common thing. When very you have, common. Um, it reminds me of the Sabrina Allen case where the mother was teaching English to um, in Mexico. Right, right. Um, and so that is a similar situation here with Michael where he's um, teaching English classes or um, even tutoring Americans on the language there. Right. Um, so that's definitely something that we hit on and we look into um, and definitely highlight in 
the Malaysia area. Now, mom uh, is living in Dallas, Texas still um, in the area up there. Uh, we don't want to give the location because it would be inappropriate. Well, she's recently talked about moving to she's, a new state. Right, she's, she's in the process. She's in the process of doing that. Um, and probably, um, you know, and I, and I got to say this about all the parents, the other parent, I call it the other parent, you know, the parent that is left behind uh, the emotional tragedy they go through of, of losing their child. Uh, in this case, she has lost her child. She's lost. I mean, you have to think about this. She, she let a two-year-old child entrusted her ex-husband uh, to take care of that child uh, for a month. And she saw him on the last weekend and the last time she described to me, which was so emotional, is when she saw her child for the last time, which was in a bedroom uh, at, her, at the parents' house. And uh, again, this, is, this guy's a monster. Uh, uh, Michael Blassengame is a monster. His parents are monsters. And his sisters for covering it up. And his sisters are monsters. This is just a monster family. Uh, and and so now that we're beginning to get tips again on their location, uh, now that we're trying to understand a little bit more about uh, the terrorist network that he's involved in and where he's gone, um, you know, he's a menace to the United States. Remember, these terrorists want to kill Americans. Uh, and most of our listening audience here are Americans. And one of the things we want to try to talk to you about today is, is that parental kidnapping is a horrific enough crime. It, it's just, it's a crime. That's what it is. When a parent steals a child and goes into hiding, that's a crime in the United States, both federally and whatever state you live in. There's not a state... I think the last state was uh, Montana, wasn't it? That uh, put in a child uh, child kidnapping law. Some of them have some teeth. New Jersey, Florida, Georgia, they have teeth in their law where if you take a child, and for some of you out there that are listening to us that are thinking about this, don't do it because there's guys like us out there that will hunt you down like a dog. And some of these crimes that are committed – have the opportunity for life imprisonment in some cases. And you know, one of the main things that one of the um, that I specialize in and, and see a lot is parental alienation. That's what starts the process of parental kidnappings. And I think that that's important. I think the people that could be aware, or the more that we can preach and um, educate about parental alienation. Um, will help prevent some of these parental kidnappings down the road. Well, is wasn't that wasn't it the Allen case that um where um the child thought the dad was dead? Isn't that, that wasn't that the case that um Well, she had been told that her dad her, was her, her dad was dead. But then as she got older, she started doing her own research right. on social media around the same age that Eaton would be right now and realized that that wasn't the case and that they were actually on the run. And and her and her mom did have a conversation about that. And her mom did say, we are on the run. Right. And when we go get these kids, when we're out, we, and, and, you know, I gotta be honest with you, we don't fly commercial. We fly private jets down there. And one of the reasons we fly private jets down there is because Caroline or somebody from this office has a book that the non-offending parent has put together. Pictures of of their childhood, pictures of their time together, 
um, pictures of just uh, their life. Stories written to them, right. their favorite songs when they were kids mm -hmm. or a baby. Or and what we tried to do is we try to reach down in their psyche to their little child that's inside of them and, and, and communicate with them. And then when they come back to the United States, you know, the reunification process, which sometimes folks is lengthy. I mean, you know, some of these parental alienation cases that Caroline does and that she works with the, the psychologists uh, on these cases, they are, are, are lengthy. It, it isn't like they come off the airplane and like you see on TV and they hug the mother or the father and they, Oh, you know, everybody's so happy. No, it's not that at all. Uh, you know, we bring them in, we get them to a good psychologist. You know, there's psychologists out there that aren't so good at this. There are some that specialize in this, especially out of San Antonio, San Francisco, where we take most of our clients. But what we see is, is the emotionality of the child scared to see that non-offending parent because of what they've been told before. And it's gut-wrenching, and it takes these psychologists and deprogrammers months at a time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and sometimes it takes years. I mean, we've had best-case scenario where it's taken just a couple months or a couple weeks, and we have worst-case scenario where we're going on over a year, and we still have a father that hadn't even seen his daughter. Yeah, we, and it's been, we had the capture. That's the capture we had here in Texas. And I, I just, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody when I go out and give speeches to groups and tell them, that's the most emotional case because, you know, it's one of the questions I always get asked in the Q&A section is, is, is that what's one of the hardest emotional cases you've ever done? And every single one of them is other than homicide, of course, uh, is that, uh, is that uh, the reunification process between the non-offending parent where the child looks at the non-offending parent and say, well, you used to beat me. No, that's not true. Well, why would my daddy or my mommy lie to me? Uh, you know, and usually... Uh, you know, one of the great things we do here at KIC and one of the things we've done in this Eaton Blasingame case is, is we have kept a box of the case. The case, we call it the box. Go get the box. And that's the case. And we allow these children to come back in their 20s, in their 30s. So, I mean, we've been doing this now for what? Gee, 20, 25, 30 years. We've... So back to the family, the, to think that this blasting game family um, continues to walk around Lafayette, continues to partake in things where they, they are preaching this, oh, we're Christians and our kids go to a Christian private school. And, and the grandparents try to push it. Exactly. And, and to think that you're at that point in your life, yet you can't be there and you can't bring the knowledge to the U.S. Marshals or to our team or to anybody for that matter um, to end this is absolutely insane to me. And to sit there and try to convince us and to try to convince the U.S. Marshals that they don't have any contact with him down there uh, in Kuala Lumpur, they're, they're full of it. Well, you know, we, you, you don't think that Walmart turns over the, the video of talking on a, on a, on a phone, uh, a pay phone. You don't think that um, you don't think that the, 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 the cash purchases of, of those small prepaid credit cards, uh, you don't think that that's a problem for you? Or that you, mail can't be pulled and well, that it's mm -hmm. not going to an address that Michael's never lived at in his life. Yeah, or and, even over to Kuala Lumpur. Exactly. So, so all yeah. these new things that have come about and all these new 
um, I guess what time is the best thing that can happen in a case? What's what's that for us? Uh, you know, time is the best solution for us because sometimes all uh, we have to do as investigators is sit back and let you do what you do. Because I guarantee you, Michael, if you're listening to me, which I know you probably are, you owe a lot of people a lot of time. And if you don't think that you're not going to be sitting down in Cuba at that military base, locked up in a four-by-four shell, you got another thing coming, friend. You're a terrorist. Your parents have abated a terrorist, have not worked with the government to try to stop a terrorist. And, you know, is that the relationship you want for your son? And, and I'm talking directly to you now, Michael. Is that the relationship that you want to be remembered for? Is that what you want to be remembered for? I don't think so. And to the family, what are you doing? Why won't you end this now and allow this mother who used to be your family member to reunite with her son? You know, at the end of this, if you're going to continue to conceal this, we know y'all are talking. We know that you're providing money to them. We know this. So now's your time to end it, or you're going to be the one that is going to go down with him. And, you know, quite frankly, you should. In the end, you should. You should pay the price because you have a mother who didn't do anything to anyone other than be a mother and be abused by Michael and put into a, a non-trustworthy position where she, she was trying to finish her nursing career and she was working with Michael to make sure that Michael had a relationship with their son. And what happened? What happened? He steals the child and takes him to five different countries that we know of. I mean, that is just, it's, it's, it's beyond belief. And so what we're asking for again today is we're asking for you, the public, you guys to keep your eyes open. If you know anybody in Malaysia, email them the U.S. Marshall site uh, and NetMEX page for this child. The flyer for NetMEX has both the child and the father. Mm -hmm. His tattoos and um, other things, you can go to our Klein Investigations website page on Facebook, um, and you can also find uh, information that we've posted in the past about Eden, um, it, tips that we have uh, released to the public, and educate yourself. And if you do know his whereabouts, or if you have any information, if you're not comfortable going to law enforcement, you're always welcome to call us here. Um, we have an anonymous tip line. And our phone number is 409-729-8798. And you can press extension 108 and just leave a message. And just, if you know their location, tell us location. If you don't, but you have information, then just tell us what you know. And we'll keep you anonymous. No one will ever know that you called us. And equally, if you don't want to talk to us, call the U.S. Marshal's Office in Dallas, Texas. They have a hotline. They have a tip line. You, you can get online and you can, you can send a tip. Um, there's so many different ways for you to communicate with we, the investigators, on so many different levels, and that it's safe for you, and it gets us to the end of bringing a mother and a child together. Uh, for our media friends in Dallas, uh, you know, that, that, that want an update every once in a while, especially down in Louisiana, some of the reporters down in Lafayette area, 
All we can tell you is, is that we're still on the hunt and we will be on the hunt. This is the longest case that we've had, second longest, I should say, case that we've had in here that we've taken in that, uh, that uh, we don't know uh, where this person is in pinpoint, but we know the area they are. And uh, it's just times on our side. And uh, we know there will be a huge media explosion when the child's brought home. Um, and uh, we prepared our client for it. Uh, and we're trying to prepare the child for it. Uh, this is, don't you think this is going to be one of those cases where the child is going to have to go through serious deprogramming? Yeah, there's going to be major deprogramming that is going to happen. If the child even speaks English. And that could be the biggest barrier of all. So yep. I think time will tell. Yep. And um, that's about it. We're running out of time for today's episode. However, um, on our next episode, we're going to be covering um, one of, I'd say, Philip's most, quote, what, famous cases, <laughs> um, the disappearance of Patrick McDermott. We know everybody knows um, the story. Philip has written his book about it. However, there's been some... Um, new things coming out lately and yep. um, we're yep. going to discuss that on our next episode so in the meantime you can catch our last episode and this episode um, on all podcast platforms we are now on apple podcast spotify and whatever podcast uh, platform you get your listening on and we want to thank you guys the listeners for listening to us we had a very large uh, group of listeners in our initial podcast. And so that's kind of exciting for us to hear. Uh, you know, this apparently is going to be the platform where we can talk to the public. And uh, remember, we give you what we can give you. There are many things in an investigation that we don't talk about, we don't tell you about, that's intercommunication between us and law enforcement, uh, or us and the client. So just remember that, you know, uh, when we're quiet, we're working. When we're loud, we're looking for you. And don't forget that we also set up um, that anonymous tip line that I've already said is also the place where you can go and ask or leave any questions. You can also email um, admin, A-D-M-I-N, at Klein Investigations. That's K-L-E-I-N with an S on the end of investigations.com. And you can um, ask us your questions. If you have any questions about Eaton Blassingame or Michael Blassingame or um, Eaton's mother, Diana, you can go ahead and email us or call us with those, and we will address those um, on the next podcast. And as well, I want to thank uh, all of our clients out there. They they put their heart, mind, and soul and trust into our company uh, and our team here in Southeast Texas and around the United States, all the way from Georgia to Texas to California uh, and everywhere in between where we have uh, investigators and agents we want to thank you guys so very, very much for your trust in our company. And, uh, you know, uh, it's an honor to be able to serve the public. And uh, it's been one of my greatest honors as I'm, I'm now seeing the twilight of my career in front of me. Uh, but it's been a, it's been a, a huge, uh, uh, it's been a huge uh, uh, filling of my heart, I'll just say, uh, in dealing with our clients. And, uh, and we hope you guys, uh, you guys support Child Rescue Network. We hope you support law enforcement. And most of all, we thank you for your support for our firm. Until next week, we'll see you then. Bye.